blue wire. Think about Lois. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome in to episode 175 of Press Pass. Kayla Anderson alongside my co-host Joshua Perry. And Joshua, I know you had a fun weekend when it came to college football because your team, Ohio State, did not just win. They won big. And then you also had a pretty uh, good game that you announced. Yeah, it ended up not being a, a great game, but it was uh, the buildup was great. And, you know, we had a lot of storylines to talk about. And uh, let me let me tell you this uh, based off of that game that I called. First off, yeah. you'll love this. Um, okay. You'll absolutely love this. We're doing the uh, the open for the game, and we typically rehearse it before we come on air. And the rehearsal was great. Like, you know, the open is a lot like doing studio. So I'm like, you know, that's one of the things that I was like, I first caught on to when I started doing these games. Yeah. So we get on air, and the teams run out of the tunnel late. And so I've got a producer in my ear, and um, there's a, a – kind of like a, a lull in, in what we're supposed to do. And I'm like trying to process everything that's going on. And I'm saying the kid's name and I stutter like four times in a row before I say his freaking name properly. It was probably the most miserable thing I've done. And so I'm like, ah, oh, shit. I'm like, this is going to be the worst game ever sure. because like 45 seconds into this thing, I'm already stuttering. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So what's funny about that is that's the first time I've ever heard you like say anything about you stuttering or anything. Cause I feel like you're one of those people that just has the blessing of not really ever having that issue. Um, but yet there's a lot of us who definitely will have to kind of like make ourselves look better after we said something wrong. Yeah. And, you know, my, my biggest issue is, is losing my train of thought. Like, yeah. You know, Especially for what that. you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually good. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is I don't know if you went back and looked at it, but usually in a situation like that, at least in the situations I've been in, when I do a broadcast and I think I mess up and I think it's like a big deal, like I think it lasted for 10, 15 seconds, I go back and look at a show and it is completely 100% not even close to being as bad as I thought it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're so hyper aware and hypersensitive. Yep. So, like, anytime we mess up, we're like, oh, my God. And, like, you know, all these people just watch when the reality is, like, no, dude, like, maybe a couple people at home, like, chuckled. Exactly. Uh, but, like, nobody really cares. Exactly. <laughs> and we're all human. So sometimes when you actually make yourself look human on a broadcast, people actually sometimes can relate a little bit more than they do the human robots out there. For sure. For That's sure. That's just another thought. Well, I, I know it wasn't a great game, but at least you had fun. And at least the rest of the broadcast wasn't you stuttering the whole time. So that's a definite no. positive. Well, I'll say this about the, uh, the teams too. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota is for real. For real. Like yep. watching them in person. I, I mean, they're as advertised. They're a good sure. football team. They're, they're tough. Uh, they've got good personnel. I like their coaching staff. 
Um, Michigan State struggling right now, and they've got injuries galore, but they got some personnel issues too. Um, those both of those coaches though are rock stars. I, I love both of those guys. I think they're great. Um, I know their players really love them. Um, but just watching them coach on game day, even like Mel Tucker in a losing effort, he yeah. treats us well. Um, he's he's hard on his players, but he's not down on his players. Like I, I appreciate both of those coaches. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I hope he can get things steered in the right direction. I, I, obviously, they started off the year in the top 25, had just recently slipped out of it. Um, and like you said, you're dealing with injuries on that side with MTA, uh, with MSU. But as Minnesota goes, and I'm going to announce this here in a minute, the top 10, um, they're in the polls. And, and I know that I voted them in actually two weeks ago when you and I were discussing Minnesota. And you said, take a look at Minnesota. Uh, this looks like a pretty good team. It's hard to tell when they're not playing anybody right away. But you can still kind of get a, a feel for if a team is a top 25 team and you said it. And so, um, you know, they had been in my poll and then I made some changes last week with it being crazy in terms of college football. And then this week I voted them in at 21 and, um, they are actually at 21 this week. So, um, there you go. yeah, so Minnesota's at 21. So that's good to see as for the top top, top 10, I'm going to give it to you here. Uh, Georgia at number one, Alabama two, Ohio state. So things did not change there. I'm going to go back to you in a minute on that. Uh, Michigan four, Clemson five, uh, USC coming in at six. This is where some movement happened. Kentucky moves all the way up to seven. Um, Tennessee jumps three spots to eight. Mm. Oklahoma nine. And then North Carolina State rounding out the top ten. We're going to find a lot out about Clemson and North Carolina State this week because the two will play. Yes, we certainly will. Um I keep saying this, and this is not like a, it's going to end up sounding like a Kentucky bias, and it's not. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's that's a little high for Kentucky? Yeah. Like, I think yeah. preseason expectations of what that team was going to be has really um, shaped and impacted where they actually stand in the polls. Yeah. As I look at Tennessee, I would take Tennessee right now over Kentucky for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've seen... Tennessee in terms of detail a lot more than Kentucky and I've seen Kentucky play obviously but I'm watching Tennessee every single play because that's the team that we still cover down here even being in Nashville and so I've just seen a lot more of what they're able to do in terms of their product and what they put out there last week with a a Florida team that look maybe they're not as great as we thought they were but they still are a talented team. They're not in the top 25 anymore. But Tennessee, I mean, again, this offense, and they didn't even have their best wide receiver, Cedric Tillman, Joshua. Right. He was out. Right. I mean, they could have had three more touchdowns on the board, and I'm not even over-exaggerating. Yeah. No, I mean, this is where I'm at, and, and, and I think that coaches really need to do this for their players. Um, and I'll give you another example. But uh, Hypel needs to start mentioning the name Hendon Hooker and Heisman in the same sentence, like as often as possible. And I know it's early, but why not start the buzz? It does. It's, it's great for recruiting. It's great for your program. It's great for that young man and his profile. And I don't know him. You, you probably know more about him, but seems like a great kid. Um, The other person that needs to be in that same thing, Blake Corum at Michigan Jim Harbaugh, yeah. 
should say Blake Corum and the word Heisman in a sentence as many times as he can. Sure. And Jim Harbaugh's biggest issue is when the media asks him about one of his players, See? he'll go through the whole roster and talk about every player because he doesn't want well, it to be like, you know, I'm leaving this guy out. And all the guys are important to him. And I, it's commendable. But come on. You got, you got a guy who's a freaking all-star. Dude had 30 carries for almost 250 yards in a tough game that had he not run the ball like that, you'd have lost to Maryland. You'd have lost to Maryland had Blake Corum not run the ball like that. Exactly right. So talk well, about him like he's a Heisman candidate because he is. And I really like why you brought this up because we're in the day and age of you can do whatever you want to pump your players up. I was just watching um, the Heisman commercial the other day and you know how in the past they would have never been able to have Bryce Young on that commercial because they would have had to pay him. You know, he won the Heisman, but he's back playing again. So they never would have been able to have him on that commercial. And yesterday it just dawned upon me that like, oh my gosh, he's able to be in this commercial. And I actually kind of like it because he now has, you know, NIL and he's allowed to be making money. And I thought like, it makes it even more fun to have him as a part of it. And he's done a couple other things that we've seen him in as well, but you're talking about Heisman guys and their teams pumping him up. Like, now you can do it, coaches. Jim Harbaugh, get over like listing every player. Like he's your, you know, he's he's somebody that you've got to pump up. Like start the campaign now. As for Hendon Hooker, RG three said it. I don't think he's the clear front runner, but I think he's definitely a front runner right now. But if RG three, who won the Heisman, is saying right. stuff like that, he clearly sees something in Hendon Hooker. By the way, alliteration with Hendon Hooker and Heisman. I know, it's you perfect. Could have a cam- right? You could have a heck of a campaign with that. Yeah, I mean, hire the media kids over here. Like, the, it's yeah. the perfect alliteration. And I love that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Uh, you know, uh, hypo, I got to find a word for, you know, a, a synonym for for campaigns for Hendon Hooker for Heisman. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? That'd be the hell of a headline. Hell of a headline. I mean, what are we talking about? Look at us. I mean, what are we teaching English class? I know. I swear to God, like all the literary devices. Um, But yeah, I mean, the moral of the story is like coaches have so much power to influence media, and it's so regional. So if you get your regional people buzzing, that's one thing. But you can get the national people talking about it with these brands and the way that these kids are, um, which is super important and. RG threes, right? Like, I don't think he's a front runner. Uh, I think CJ Stroud's been really impressive. Like Bryce Young is the main reason that Alabama's winning games right now, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Um, but it's still early in the season and the kids playing really well. Like, start the buzz now. Don't wait until it's too late. Cause everybody's been talking about CJ and Bryce all offseason. They haven't been See, talking about Hen and Hooker like that. Like, get it going. I agree. And see, Tennessee's winning, obviously, and they're getting more attention with game day going there. Uh, last weekend, but still, I don't think as many people know about Hendon that should at this point. And I know it's still right. early, but like you said, there's no wrong in starting it now and just getting his name out there. Um, so I really like that point that you made. I want to go back to Ohio State because I know you were tweeting out this weekend it, Ohio State playing Wisconsin, um, obviously took care of business in prime time. It, I want to know really what you learned about this team in that game. Because even the game before, you were just really impressed with how many, you know, how they were able to keep their foot on the gas pedal. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh I think it's the same thing. The the fast start is um what captivates me the most about this Ohio State team because I think at times they started a little bit slower than uh they would like to. And for me, I wanted to see them come out against a good opponent and really assert their dominance early. I wanted them to say, listen, we know Wisconsin's a good defense, but we just got better chess pieces. Our play caller is better, and yeah. we can go out there um, and and basically get what we want. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, this Ohio State team looked like one of the top offenses in the country. And I'm, I'm uh, getting ready to pull up the stats here on the game log. It's absolutely ridiculous. So against Wisconsin, um, they throw for 281 yards, C.J. Stroud, throwing all the passes in this game, uh, 10.2 or 10.4 yards per attempt. He had five touchdowns and one interception. He threw his first interception of the season in this game. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty ridiculous when you start to boil down what C.J. Stroud is doing within this offense. Like, he is killing it. And then you move over to the uh, – you move over to the rushing offense. You had two running backs go for over 100 yards, 258 yeah, yards on the ground. Two right? running backs. And, and, and so the problem with Ohio State a year ago was they said they couldn't run it. They couldn't be tough. And Wisconsin's mm-hmm. known for toughness. And you run it down their throat for over 250 yards. They were very balanced in their game plan in terms of output. Like I mentioned, 281 through the air, 258 on the ground. Like, yeah, that's exactly where you want to be. Um, and I got to get CJ Stroud's game log on this. Uh, like I said, it was ridiculous uh let me pull up the season stats for this kid because he is absolutely killing it 16 touchdowns to one interception jeez 16 touchdowns 16 touchdowns that's to one interception it's absolutely wild but flip it over to the defense they limited wisconsin to 104 through the air and wisconsin's not this air rate attack sure but I mean, a hundred yards for a college program is piss it's poor in this day and age. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, if you can limit defense. a team like that, yeah, I mean, that's a good performance. And then the rushing yards are are totally inflated. Wisconsin ran it for uh, one ninety two. They had one really long run in yeah. garbage time. The twos were in. The safety uh, gets caught in the middle of the field. His eyes aren't where they're supposed to be. He takes a horrible angle to the ball. And Braylon Allen, who's one of the best running backs in the country, is able to break that thing for a touchdown. You take out that long run, and I know you can't do that, but I'm, I'm, this is what we do in media. You <laughs> no, take out I, that yeah, one exactly. long run, and Wisconsin has, what, maybe 120 on the ground? Yeah, and this is a yeah. team that probably runs it for, you know, 250, 300 a game? Like, come on. Yeah. No, it, it, and I know. I love that because I always – I do that too when, I, when I'm breaking down stuff like – on our 30 minute show that we actually have time to do that. And we'll, we'll say stuff like that when we're talking about the Titans, like, well, you know, these are the, these are the two big plays that if they didn't have these two big plays, you know, maybe this would have been different in your case. You're not saying maybe this would have been different because they obviously won, but you're saying, man, they wouldn't have even had close to that amount of yards, even on the ground, which we know Wisconsin has been known for, you know, at least piling up yards on the ground. Yeah, and, and again, going back to last year, like against uh, Oregon, Michigan, and, and Utah, what could Ohio State not do? Stop the damn run. So to me, it was a, a really um, – I think it was a statement performance from that team that they're very different than they were a year ago. Um, sure. College football to me right now, 
I think Georgia's still in the driver's seat, but they looked very human. They looked yes, very they did human against Kent a State. week ago. And we know Alabama has has gotten exposed for some of the deficiencies that, you know, they're good, but they're not great. They're not that Alabama at all the spots like we're typically used to seeing. Um, and now Ohio State, it's like it's literally a build process. Like how can you maintain and find more nuances in the offense and defensively? Like I think they still need to get better, but it's way better than it was a year ago. I mean, now it, we're it, talking about a team that can really compete. Well, and specifically, uh, one thing that I remember last year that we talked about all the time about Ohio State too was just that defense. It just was not up to standard for Buckeye in terms of the defenses that they've had in the past. And I feel like you said, this has just been something defensively where you're a lot more comfortable with what you're seeing, even early on in the season. Way more comfortable. So that's always a plus because we still have a lot of ball to play. So I can only see things getting better um, for that program. So I think there'll be, there could be some changes at least maybe with, um, I'm going to look at the schedule in a minute, but with this top three, it could shuffle a little bit. Um, I'm really just interested. These middle, the middle parts of of the AP poll really just kind of are flipping and flopping right now because a lot of them haven't played head on head with any of these other ranked teams. But that's going to happen this weekend, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams play against each other. Um, like in the SEC, I've got some matchups that I'm going to bring up in a minute. But really quick before that, I did want to talk to you about the Pac-12 a little bit because I clearly have been watching every second of Washington State play because they're a team that I feel like could be close to popping into the top 25. And I shared with you the bullies that bullied me last week on Twitter about not putting them in the top 25. And I said, if they beat Oregon, or honestly, Joshua, if if they wouldn't have done what they did at the end of that game, I probably would have put them in at 25. Yeah, and they would have deserved to be in there. They would have deserved. And I'm not saying that they don't. I think they're still a really good team. I really do. And and I watched them on Saturday from start to finish. This is a good team. Um, They've got pieces right now where I didn't think they'd have them with all the change that they had with um, Jake Dickert coming in in his first year as head coach. Um, Cam Ward, their quarterback, Talk about a guy that we've never seen in terms of like how he operates at Washington State. We've never seen a quarterback like that, that that's mobile, that that is that mobile in terms of just um, athleticism and accuracy. I, I'm really excited for that guy. But really, Joshua, the defense is what has excited me. Unfortunately, in the game against Oregon last week where they should have won, they allowed 29 points in that fourth quarter. And to me, like that is something you have to fix. You have to finish games if you're going to be a top 25 team in my book. You yeah. have to finish games. I mean, that's a meltdown. And, and we were texting about it yep. as it was going on because both of us were – I wasn't probably watching that game as intently as you were, but like I had my eyes on it. And I'm like, yo, Caleb, like, <laughs> your team about to pull this thing off. Yeah. And uh, then fourth quarter comes around and you are just like furious texting like, what the hell, man? Yeah. And I was like, yo, what is going on? I know. And part of me just like part of me just being a voter wanted it to happen so that I could finally just, you know, be able to justify vote yeah. yeah, justify <laughs> voting them in. But now it makes it even more tough. It's like, okay, Kayla, 
you know, be prepared for another week of haters coming at you in your Twitter, um, (laughs) which I did definitely get a couple of those. And I was like, you know what I needed to see people. And I haven't seen, you know, even if it would have been a three point game and they would have lost by three and not, not, you know, had it all fall apart. I probably would have voted a mint, but that's not how it happened. So you're going to still have to earn earn my votes there. I am a Kugelum, but you know I'm also a fair voter. And then I also wanted to bring up the USC-Oregon State game. I want to tell you something. Not a lot of people are talking about Oregon State mm-hmm. this year. Um, that program is headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And um, it really put up a fight in Corvallis last weekend against USC. And it's that close to, to um, upsetting the Trojans. Very Yeah, close. I mean, if we – if you really look at that game, like what is the thing that USC is known for is that high-flying offense. You know, this is a team that all they do is get that ball around the yard. They're going to yep. slice and dice you. They're going to scheme you. They're going to hit you over the top. What none of that. None of it. None of that. None of that. None of that. (laughs) (laughs) And you know who Oregon – so Oregon State's head coach is a former Oregon State quarterback, Jonathan Smith. And he's really doing some great things there. I followed Jonathan Smith through the Pac-12 days because he was a coordinator at Washington um, as well. Uh, He's done a lot – he's just done a lot in terms of West Coast football. He's been in the coaching ranks for a while. Um, he was an offensive coordinator at Montana too. And so I followed a lot of him and he's, um, he's a good head coach. He's got that program headed in the right direction. So that's just something to watch too, in terms of the PAC 12. I think the PAC 12 is a little bit up this year compared to last year. And I'm for once like going to say something positive about the PAC 12. I'm not saying all of it's great. None of it's always all great, but I'm going to tell you this, there's some programs that Last year, we would have never even thought about being competitive that are. So that's a good sign. No, it's, I mean, it's a big deal because all the narrative, too, coming into the season about the Pac-12 and in the future of that conference, and we'll still see what happens when yeah. USC and UCLA leave, but everybody said it's dead in the water and they can't compete for the playoff. And now you've got, you know, USC, who's making a statement out there. Uh, you've got Utah, who people still really like. You've got Oregon, like you said, but then you know, the Washingtons of the world, the Washington yep. states of the world. And then you just mentioned uh, um, Oregon State. Like, I mean, there there are some fun stories coming out of that conference as of right now for a lot of people who said that they were dead, including myself. <laughs> exactly. Well, I and again, I've been like the biggest uh, critic of the Pac-12 since we've been doing this podcast. So it just kind of feels good to say maybe they're headed a little bit in the right direction, but that could all be uh, for not if this conference is blown up, which very well could happen. So I was talking about matchups this week, top 25 matchups, Joshua. We're going to see, we're going to see if Kentucky's a number 17, because guess who they're playing? Mighty Lane and the Ole Miss Rebels. Yeah, you know we like some Lane Kiffin. We love some Lane Kiffin. We do. And what's interesting about the the Rebels, correct me if I'm wrong, don't you feel like they've just been kind of like hiding out in in the middle of of the the AP rankings since the season started? 
no one's really talked about him. Yeah. Um, and their schedule has left a lot to be desired. Yes. Um, so I think that's part of it. But uh, the other part is I think there are a lot of folks in the media space that would prefer not to talk about Lane Kiffin if they don't have to. Um, I love we talking don't. About him. We love talking I, about I can him. talk about him every day. And if he wants to come on a yeah. show – and How have you not had him on the Valley Rally? Valley well, rally. we've we've been we've been trying to book him. We've tried numerous times. Um, so Lane Kiffin, if by chance you have a uh, an intern or a GA who scrolls through different media to see what people yeah. are saying about you, this is a very Lane friendly show, friendly. and we'd love to have you. See, we've been talking good about Lane since we since we came on to do this podcast together. So, I mean, he's not going to, he's not, yeah, he's not going to get any hate on our show. That's for sure. No. Um, love the way that he's reimagined himself. I mean, he's, he's I mean, you know, started dude, off he looks stuff. good too. He dropped yeah. some LBs, Joshua. Yeah. Cause look, I'll admit it. I mean, I'll admit when, when you're a handsome fella and you know, Lane was always a handsome guy, but there was some years there that I was wondering what the heck was going on. Cause it just, yeah, he was going through it a little bit. Yeah, it didn't look like he was exactly being healthy. Um, and he looks great. So good for you, Lane. Whatever you're doing is working. Um, let's, okay. let's get Lane on the show. Let's get Lane on the show. Like, speaking of uh, putting stuff out there and making it happen, let's be our own head coaches and, and try to rally for Lane. We can just like, he, he reads his tweets. Why don't we just bombard him with tweets? We could. We should also send an email to his SID. Okay. Do you have that it's information? Just, I can find it. <laughs> I think we could get it done. I think so, I do. Too. I think we could get it done if we put our minds to it. Um, another SEC matchup that I was telling you about is, then this was where I'm interested to see this game. Arkansas did not play its best football last weekend. They're going to have Alabama this weekend. Mm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, if their defense can, uh, if they can limit Alabama over the top, they would give themselves a shot. Uh, but Arkansas, I think a lot of people were excited about what they did a year ago, and they have been good, not great this year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think very highly of A&M. So that's the other the, no, the other know, side yeah. of the coin here. I, I think A and M is is. Mm, I, I, let me not say anything that's going to get me in trouble. Well, you know who they play this weekend, and this could be an interesting thing. Uh, they play the other coach down in Mississippi, hmm. Mike, Mr. Mike Leach, and Bulldogs. Hmm. Yeah, run him out the gym. I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, it'd be some fun games this weekend. They got a quarterback there at state. Did you talk about a guy who's uh, repping his quarterback down there? Oh, yeah, Mike Leach. No. He's not yeah. afraid to speak up about his QB. Nah, I mean, that kid can spin the rock, too. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, anything you're watching out for this weekend, and what's your game? Yeah, so I, I've got um, Ohio State hosting Rutgers this weekend. Um, oh, so you're doing the Ohio- so, uh, so you're going back to Columbus. I'll be in Columbus this weekend. Look at you. Yep. It'll be my last game of the season, too, before I head back into the old studio. 
Oh, so you're going back into the studio. Okay. I am. I signed up for for six games this year, week zero through week five. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Low-key wish I could get some more games, but the deal was already done. Um, But, yeah, this will be my last one. Um, In the Big Ten, you've got Michigan traveling to Iowa. Um, That one's a big noon, so they don't have to worry about nighttime Kinnick. Uh, yeah, this Which Michigan offense, crazy. though, they got to be patient. It's the one thing about JJ McCarthy, and I've mentioned that he's a sensational player. Um, I think he's really good. I also, uh, I think that people were ready to anoint him too early. You know, you had some of the JJ McCarthy for Heisman, and I'm like, y'all played basically the bottom 10 of FBS to start the year, and other teams have played really poor competition, so it's not me knocking the competition. It's me saying like, I don't learn very much about a kid when he's playing against a team like that. And against Maryland, um, his stat line was good. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he played poorly against Maryland. That's, that would be a falsehood. Um, but also he showed that he's still a young quarterback. Um, he missed on some deep throws, which people were convinced he couldn't miss deep when they were running routes on air against freaking Hawaii and, and UConn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you get into a game uh, against a team that's got better personnel and, and you get more pressure and the windows close a little bit and it's it's harder to hit deep passes. Um, and he put the ball on the ground. And that's the third time in his career dating back to last year that he's put the football on the ground. So now that's uh, on tape. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm telling guys, listen, the dude is is um, he's slippery in the pocket anyway. Yeah. If you've got a path at him, don't even try to tackle him necessarily. Just swipe at the football. Swipe yep. at the football, and it's probably going to come out. Um, so all that to say that against Iowa, which is a defense that they're patient, and they'll make you make mistakes because they sure. just basically they put the same thing out there, and they're going to test whether you'll take what's available or whether you're, you'll try to go for the kill, which I think J.J. will try to do. That's the type of player that he is. Um, that could be troubling. Siowa offense is still butt cheeks, yeah. dog shit. Um, yeah. and, and so, you know, Michigan should be fine against them. Um, and then Michigan State and Maryland play, and uh, Maryland yep. took Michigan right down to the wire, right down to the right wire. Right down to That was a good game. It was. And it was then great. Michigan State obviously is struggling right now. So um, I think that'll be an interesting matchup too. Yeah, I, I'm interested to see how Maryland. You've talked some good stuff about Maryland, so I think Maryland's a good football team. Yeah, because really when they were do. playing Michigan and keeping that close, I was like, I'm not that surprised just because you know how much Joshua has talked about them. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Maryland's a lot better on defense. Uh, yeah, they gave up way too many rushing yards, uh, but you know that that's going to happen when you're playing a team like. Uh, like Michigan, who's going to want to run the football down your yeah, throat. Exactly. Um, but overall, like I thought it was a good game. Um, and like I said, their offense can compete with some of the best in the country, just from an explosion standpoint. And their run game's a lot better. Their offensive line has gotten better. Like, I like this Maryland team. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, well, that's a wrap on this episode of press pass. So for those who want to follow Joshua on social media, where can they find you? You can find me on the old Twitter and Instagram at RIP underscore JEP. College football season is here, so I am on Twitter a lot more than I typically would be. Um, 
I'm also trying to get my Instagram back popping. My engagement is real low. So if you listen, if you'll search me and interact with my content on Instagram, that'd be real helpful. Um, Are you doing also TikTok? Get, I am doing TikTok. I did a day in the life TikTok. Um, it's posted on my page. Okay. My TikTok handle is at not Josh Perry. Um, and I'm getting ready to do a full rebrand on my socials to go to at not Josh Perry, but you can find me on TikTok right there. Uh, day in the life video was actually pretty good for my first like TikTok that I did myself. So, uh, y'all go ahead and check that out. Yeah. I, but you're ahead of me on that. I I'm still trying to figure out how to do reels on Instagram, which yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. not, e I mean, I, I, I don't have time for all that. It's hard, but it's almost like you got to do it. You know, you do. So. I wish I had somebody just to do that all for me. Maybe in the future. Well, the, can, the reels are where Instagram yes, is going. Shamefully. That is, and that's that's why I did a couple. I was just going to see how much traction I could get. Joshua, I got so many more followers just from putting up reels, and they're just yep. like simple reels, like music to them with some stuff, like with me, like pictures of you know things and whatever me doing my job. And I was like, whoa, okay. If it, this is just a simple reel, like if I actually did something cool, maybe I'd get even more traction. But you're exactly right. It's the way it's going. Uh, you can follow me it is. on Instagram, Twitter, at Kayla Anderson TV. Uh, just wanted to let you all know if you're watching this podcast, I am going to be having my last day at News 2 here in Nashville, Tennessee on um, Sunday. So if you listen and you actually are down here watching the show, that will be my last day at News 2. I'm going to be doing some freelance work for them on their Titan show in their 30 minute show, but I will no longer be calling that my full-time job. I will announce my full-time job next week on press pass. I'm still here. I'm still doing sports. I'm still covering everything. So, um, that will not change. Okay. That does it for this episode. We'll talk to you later. Have a great weekend.